Welcome back to the Clutch Factor Sports Show. My name is Joseph Meyer. So glad to be with you again. Today, we are reacting to week seven of the NFL season, going over the biggest storylines and answering the question, can anybody stop Jamar Chase? What a weekend it was. Let's get right into it. This week was the first week of bye weeks, so many of the stars of the league were inactive this week. However, that didn't stop the guys who were playing from producing huge stat lines and creating new and exciting storylines. Now, there weren't many marquee matchups. There were a lot of blowouts. Uh, there were some bad games. But many teams solidified themselves as contenders, and some put themselves back into playoff discussion. We'll start it off with the finest five, as we always do. Reminder, these are five games that stood out to me in the NFL this week. Number one is Bengals versus Ravens. The Bengals have been without a doubt the most surprising team this year. Coming into the season, I had expected some improvement from them, but nothing like this. The Bengals have looked elite, especially over the last few weeks. Jamar Chase is doing things that rookies just don't do. He flat out dominated that Ravens defense, especially the defensive backs this week, going off for 201 yards and a touchdown. I'll be honest, I question the pick of Chase in this year's draft, but he has more than proven me wrong. Part of that dominating win over the Ravens has to be credited to the Bengals' offensive line. Those guys have outplayed all expectations. They had made a few moves during the offseason to sure up that offensive line, but nobody expected them to play as well as they have. Joe Burrow has been able to sit back in the pocket, view the whole field, and he finally has time to make the correct throw. The run blocking has also massively improved this year. Joe Mixon and Samaji P. Ryan both had nice games on Sunday with over 50 yards and a touchdown each. The Bengals' defense has also been very impressive. They held Lamar Jackson in check and did more than enough to give the offense the chance to win that game. What made this dominating performance against the Ravens so much more impressive was how the Ravens had played last week against the Chargers. In week six, the Ravens were able to completely shut down Justin Herbert and company, holding them to their worst offensive performance of the year. However, the same could not be said this week. The Ravens' defense looked tired. They got completely exposed by the Bengals. If I'm John Harbaugh this week, I stay positive with my team, though. They got outplayed, but they are still a top team in the league and have a chance to even the score with the Bengals later in the year. It seemed like the Ravens had given everything they had the last few weeks. Remember, they came back against the Colts down big in the fourth quarter, and then they dominated the Chargers. I just think they weren't as ready to compete as the Bengals were this weekend. The Ravens have their bye week coming up, so it's a time for them to regroup and continue the excellent play that we've seen from them all year. Number two, I'm going to go with Chiefs versus Titans. Another surprisingly excellent performance for the Titans this week as they dominated the Chiefs. Ryan Tannehill had a great day with 270 yards and two total touchdowns. He controlled that game and led his team to victory. Derrick Henry was held in check compared to his normal standards, but still managed 89 yards as well as an awesome passing touchdown. This Titans defense, though, was the star of the game, in my opinion. To be frank, their defense does not have much talent and shouldn't be this good. Regardless, though, they held the daunted Chiefs offense to three points, their lowest in forever. Patrick Mahomes had a flat-out bad day. 
Hill and Kelsey were both locked up and the running game was non-existent. They forced the Chiefs offense into three more turnovers and Patrick Mahomes now leads the league in interceptions. I have no idea how this Titans team lost to the Jets. If it wasn't for that game, I would be all in on the Titans as Super Bowl contenders right now. But if they can lose to the Jets, I'm not too confident in them beating teams in win or go home situations. Coming into this week, I wasn't too concerned about the Chiefs. I thought they still had a very good chance to make the playoffs and then go from there. Their offense had looked electric every single week, but the turnovers and the defense had let them down continually. However, this week was a completely different story. Not only did the turnover problems and the defensive problems continue, the offense looked really bad too. They are now in a position where the division is basically out of reach and even the wild card looks questionable. Nine and seven right now is looking like the ceiling for the Chiefs and that might not get you to the playoffs this year. Patrick Mahomes has avoided criticism for far too long. People are blaming his poor play on his receivers and offensive line, but nearly every piece is the same as the past few years. He is simply just not playing well this year. I know he's under pressure. I know his wide receivers have dropped a lot of passes, but he needs to be playing better than he is. If any other quarterback was doing what he is doing, they would be getting flamed constantly by the media. He is an amazing talent and no one is denying that. He's one of the most skilled players that we've ever seen, but he's having a bad season for whatever reason. And that's not arguable in my opinion. It doesn't mean he won't turn it around, but the Chiefs need him to play well if they want to compete, and he just is not playing well right now. Number three, Broncos versus Browns. Former Vikings teammates Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater faced off in this one. This is a battle we would have never expected to see in 2021. The star of this game was obviously Darius Johnson. He went off for 146 yards and a touchdown. This Browns team showed a lot of resilience on Thursday night. Just looking at the massive list of injuries that they were dealing with impressed me a lot. They have been criticized all week after two tough losses, and they went out there and did what needed to be done and got the win. Dearness Johnson's performance probably got him a shot at a big contract. That's the beauty of the NFL. You can play one great game and make a lot of money off of it. But it also showed how dominant this Browns offensive line is. They toyed with the Broncos defense, who is historically pretty dominant. I'm super excited to see what they can do once Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt get back in there healthy. There are not a lot of teams in the NFL who have the defensive firepower to stop this Browns running game. As far as the Broncos go, another disappointing loss for them. They've dropped four straight after starting 3-0. I think this might be the last year for Vic Fangio. He just hasn't shown enough, and this Broncos team has been the definition of mediocrity over his tenure. I'm also finally ready to admit that Teddy Bridgewater is not the guy. As much as I love him, he is clearly not a quarterback that is going to lead a team to the playoffs. I still love him as a transitional quarterback, maybe a guy who can mentor a rookie, but it's looking like Teddy Bridgewater is just a really good backup quarterback. I still think he gives him a better shot to win games than Drew Locke, but when people are clamoring for Drew Locke of all people, that's a bad sign for your franchise. As much as the Broncos have struggled over the past four weeks, they are still somehow right in the thick of the playoff race. The AFC wildcard is still wide open as of now, so if they can turn some things around, they still have a shot. I just don't think they have the talent at quarterback to do so, unfortunately. 
this game was one of those games where the winner is right back in the playoff conversation and the loser drops out of it. The Browns were able to get that win, and so they are deservedly right back into that playoff conversation. Number four, 49ers versus Colts. This game featured two below 500 teams. It featured a monsoon rainstorm, and it featured Carson Wentz. Those are all ingredients for an ugly, ugly game, and that's pretty much what we got. This is another one of those games where the winner is right back in playoff conversation while the loser drops out of it. First, I want to talk about the Colts. They looked surprisingly really good. Carson Wentz was able to throw the ball when necessary. He didn't commit any turnovers, and he made some big plays when they needed him to. One of those big plays was to Michael Pittman, who is looking like a breakout player of the year. He had four receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown. I was really worried coming into the year about the weapons for Indianapolis, especially with the absence of T.Y. Hilton. But Michael Pittman has stepped up enormously, and he has been awesome to watch. I love what I see from Jonathan Taylor as well. He is now second in the league in rushing yards and added another 107 with a touchdown on Sunday night. This is what we thought we would get out of the Colts, team. They just didn't start very well. They dealt with a lot of injuries that had held them back. They are a run-first team with a quarterback who is mobile but can also make big plays down the field. For this team, Carson Wentz doesn't have to do everything like he was asked to do in Philadelphia. He is a very turnover-prone quarterback when he is forced to make every play. But when he has a run game and he has a defense that he can rely on, he looks like a much improved player. As far as the 49ers go, this result didn't surprise me very much. Coming into the year, I just didn't see enough talent on offense to keep up with some of the premier teams in the league, especially in their division. Now, I know you can chalk a lot of that up to injury, but that's a part of our game. Outside of the first drive, the offense just looked stale. And the defense, especially the secondary, looked really bad. They let the Colts have whatever they wanted for most of the game. I honestly think the 49ers struggle this year have to fall on the coach and the general manager. John Lynch has not hit on enough draft picks and has not put enough talent on this team to be a serious contender. Likewise, Kyle Shanahan has not done enough with the talent that he does have to earn the praise of being a good coach. His record without Jimmy Garoppolo is atrocious. So not all of the blame can be placed on Jimmy G. Remember, the 49ers went out and got him to be their franchise guy. And then they go ahead and draft Trey Lance once they realize that didn't work out. Hopefully, Trey Lance will work out. But if he doesn't, I think that's the last straw for this 49ers staff. Outside of the Super Bowl year, they have failed to do anything and have continued to underperform every season. I really don't see a path to the playoffs for this team. Their division is just too good, and the NFC has a lot of top teams right now. What is most puzzling for the 49ers this year is the play of Brandon Ayuk. He looked so promising before the season, but has completely disappeared. He had only one catch for six yards during this game. Kyle Shanahan needs to figure out how to get him involved because outside of Debo Samuel, they have no weapons. Elijah Mitchell looked solid running the ball, and he actually matched Jonathan Taylor's numbers exactly, which is super interesting. 18 carries for 107 yards and a touchdown. But running the ball is not going to be enough if the 49ers are only putting up 18 points. They get to play the Bears next week, which needs to be a rebound game for them if they have any hope of turning their season around, because after that, they get the Cardinals and then the Rams, both daunting matchups. For the Colts, they get to play the Titans next week, a huge matchup for the AFC South. 
This Sunday night game showed us a lot about both of these teams. And even though it wasn't a very good game, I really enjoyed seeing the Colts get back to playing good football. And a lot of the 49ers problems were exposed this time on national television. Lastly, number five, I've got Saints versus Seahawks. I'm not going to lie. It was a struggle to find five games that stood out to me with the slate of blowouts and bad games that we had this week. But I'm just going to go with one of the only close finishes of the week, even though it was a low-scoring slugfest. Yet another matchup of quarterbacks I never thought we would see in 2021. Jameis Winston faced Geno Smith in a primetime Monday night football game. Yikes, what a world we are living in. If you like high-powered offense, this game was probably a struggle to watch. Both teams refused to throw the ball down the field, and not that they would be able to even if they wanted to. The Saints pulled away with a 13-10 win, and this one was weird to watch because over the past 10 years or so, this game would have been high-flying football. We would have had Drew Brees going up against Russell Wilson. I'm sure ESPN would have preferred that matchup. Let's talk about the quarterbacks, though, who did play. First, Jameis Winston. Sean Payton has completely changed up Jameis Winston's play style, which is actually benefiting him a lot. Instead of just chucking it down the field, having some huge plays but also a ton of interceptions. He's playing very conservatively this year. He only has three interceptions so far this year, and he's on pace for a career low. They utilize Alvin Kamara to perfection, and their screen game is unrelenting. Kamara is by far their biggest receiver each and every game, and there's just not enough talent on the outside to throw the ball deep. Sean Payton is putting on a masterclass with this team. If you take a look at their roster, they just really don't have much talent. Definitely not enough talent to be a 4-2 team at this point. I still think the Saints are a bit fraudulent. They really haven't beat anyone outside of the Packers. And I think that game was a complete fluke. However, we have to give them credit for what they've been able to do. They are 4-2 and and currently right smack in the middle of the playoff conversation. The defense, though, was the most impressive part of Monday's win over the Seahawks. The Seahawks could not get anything going in the pass game. Outside of that first big play touchdown to DK Metcalf, Geno Smith had less than 90 yards passing, and Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were completely shut down. The Saints managed to stuff up the run game too, and after a big week last week, Alex Collins was held to only 35 yards on 16 carries. The Saints' defense might be good enough to carry them to wins when the offense struggles. As far as the Seahawks go, this year might have to be a wash With Russell Wilson and Chris Carson sidelined for multiple weeks, they just don't have enough talent to win games. I don't think you can blame Pete Carroll too much. He is keeping his team in games, and they're still playing with heart and being competitive. Even Geno Smith hasn't looked terrible, and so even though I think this year they don't have much of a shot to rebound and make it to the playoffs, there's still a lot to build on. As far as the passing game goes, I think they need to work on getting it to their best receivers. Tyler Lockett was only targeted three times. Remember, this guy was a big part of their offense during the beginning of the year with Russell Wilson healthy. I think they need to work on getting him more involved. I do understand that Geno Smith just can't make the same type of plays that Russell Wilson does, but I think the coaching staff can work on this a little bit. Sitting at two and five at this point, they really can only afford to drop one or two more games with how good the NFC has been this year. I know Russell Wilson is super frustrated right now not to be able to play and help his team win. It really shows how much of a good leader he is. I don't think the Seahawks were Super Bowl contenders this year, even with a healthy Russell Wilson. So I think they need to take a step back, use this as a regrouping year, and come out firing next season. 
Some of the other biggest storylines this week, the Packers escaped the Washington football team thanks to Washington's terrible red zone offense. Heineke and company were stopped three times in the red zone, which could have been the difference in the game. The Packers did get out with the win, but I wanted to see a more dominating performance from them against a Washington team who had looked really bad this year. Taylor Heineke threw for 268 yards and added 90 on the ground. The Packers defense will need to play much, much better if they want to beat Kyler Murray and the Cardinals next week. Let's talk about Kyle Pitts. He is looking amazing. The Falcons got their second win in a row thanks to Pitts' dominating performance. He had seven receptions for 163 yards and some amazing highlight catches. This guy can line up outside and beat the best corners in the league like a wide receiver, not to mention he can line up inside and play tight end as well. The Falcons have a chance to turn their season around now and have looked much better offensively the past few weeks. Speaking of looking good, the Patriots dominated the Jets. Bill Belichick continues to own that Jets organization, which is right now just a mess. It's hard to even think about how bad they are right now. I'm honestly glad that Zach Wilson is hurt right now. I just don't want to see him out there getting hurt and getting hit the same way that he has been the last few weeks. The Raiders, they have looked much better as a team after John Gruden's exit, which is super surprising. I'm not sure if that says anything about John Gruden or just about the resilience of Derek Carr and company. Um, the Lions, they pulled out all the tricks versus the Rams and got pretty close to winning. Unfortunately, Jared Goff did Jared Goff things and threw an interception in the red zone to seal the deal there. And lastly, Tom Brady continues to dominate the NFL. I know they haven't played many good teams lately. I know he has a lot of great weapons. I know he has a great defense. But man, this guy is fun to watch. He just continues to throw the ball all over the field, even at his age. It's incredible that we get to watch this in real time. Next, we'll move into my top 10 rankings for this week. Number 10, I have the Chargers. They did not play this week, but they still have enough quality wins on their resume to warrant a top 10 team. I'm excited to see what they'll do next week against the Patriots. Number nine, I have the Ravens. They took a drop after a really tough loss to the Bengals this week. Still a top 10 team, though. Number eight, I have the Titans. They continue to move up after beating the Chiefs in dominating fashion. They look really good. Still not quite sure how they lost to the Jets, though. Number seven, I have the Cowboys. They did not play this week, but I'll keep them in the top 10 because of how good they have looked. Number six, I have the Packers. They continue to win. They've won five straight. They look really good. Aaron Rodgers is playing some of his best football that we've seen. Number five, a huge jump here, the Bengals. They look like a Super Bowl contender, and I'm going to say it. They could make a run here. They look very, very good. They beat a really good Ravens team in very convincing fashion. I give them a lot of props for that. Number four, I still have the Bills. They are still an elite team, even though they lost close game to the Titans last week. Number three, Rams. They continue to play very well. Matt Stafford is for sure that guy in LA. Number two, Bucks. Like I said, Tom Brady has looked incredible. They continue to dice up defenses. And number one, 7-0 Cardinals. Who would have seen this coming? An amazing performance on all sides of the ball for the Cardinals. They are fun to watch. And I'm super excited for their week eight matchup against the Packers. That's going to be a super fun one. Lastly, our clutch factor player of the week. This player played their best when it mattered the most. First, a few runners up. 
Dearness Johnson for sealing the game against the Broncos in the final drive, and Youngway Koo for nailing the game winner against the Dolphins. But the clutch factor player of the week, even though we had like three close games, is Brian Johnson, the Saints kicker. He won the game against the Seahawks in his NFL debut as a rookie. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening, as always. We will be right back next week with the NFL Week 8 Reaction Show.